Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Winning Cures Everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris. Welcome in, Winning Cures Everything. It is the Friday, August 27th edition of the show. I'm Gary. And I'm Chris. And we have got some football to discuss. Oh my goodness gracious. Leading into week zero, obviously, if you have not already, go over to our other shows, our college football shows with SBR and with BetUS. We have hit on all of the week zero games. We will probably recap them here a little bit next week. Uh, Not much to discuss with those uh, as far as UConn and Fresno State and Nebraska, Illinois, all that good stuff, but I'm sure that we will overreact somewhat when we gather next week. So... Uh, with that said, go to the BetUS College Football Show. Go to the SBR Picks College Football Show. You can find the link in the description for both of those. Go ahead and give you the rundown. WinningCuresEverything.com has got everything that you need to know about us. Every one of our shows, both from the college football shows and from here, and any other appearances that we make, will be right there. We're going to make a post for every single one of them. Easy to find. Very simple solution. So go ahead and knock those out. Also, you can subscribe to all of the different channels, right? Our podcasts, uh, our YouTube page, etc. If you're watching or listening, we appreciate you, but make sure that you are subscribed. That certainly helps us out. And share the show out. Leave a nice five-star review. That would certainly help things along as we are continuing to build this gargantuan Winning Cures Everything empire that we are hoping to build. We, uh, we prefer uh, the idea of taking over the sports media market, and this is the first step. This is the first step. It's going to take a while, but we're going to get there. I can feel it. I can feel it. Uh, with that said, the show is brought to you by BetUS, where the game begins, and you, my friends, can get a 125% deposit bonus by just entering one promo code, NCAAF2021. There is a link in the description. You can click that, and it will automatically enter it in for you. And if you forget the promo code, you can find it down there as well, NCAAF 2021. And I'm telling you, I've been with them forever. 
They are awesome to work with. They got everything that you could possibly want to gamble on with football games, with UFC. You know, you got the the Paul Woodley fight coming up. You got everything, right? Anything you want to gamble on, it's going to be right there. With football, they got team totals. They got first quarter lines, second quarter, uh, whatever. They got live lines. They got it all. Go to BetUS.com where the game begins. Check out the link in the description. And with that said, I'm ready to rock and roll. Chris, the Pac-12 announced they are not going to expand. I'm sure that this was a shock to you, but what they said in their statement was, following consultation with our presidents, chancellors, and athletic directors, the Pac-12 conference has made the decision to not pursue expansion of our membership at this time. This decision was made following extensive internal discussion and analysis and is based on the current competitive strength and cohesiveness of our 12 universities. It is also grounded in our confidence in our ability as a conference to best support our student-athletes and to grow and thrive both academically and athletically. What they said there was, at this time, the Big 12 has not officially split up yet. Just throwing that out there. Yeah, this is definitely a, uh, we're not doing anything yet, but... So do you think everything Dave Wanstead said was wrong the other day? No, I don't. So I don't either. I, I think they're absolutely going to expand, but they're going to wait until the the Big 12 gets paid out by either ESPN and both the, uh, the buyout clauses from Texas and Oklahoma. I've said this before. And then once those people get paid out, once those teams get their money from those schools in that institution – then they will dissolve the conference, and then they will expand. Yes. And I think this agreement has already been made, and I believe Bob Bowlesby might be the only one that either doesn't know it or he knows it and is just why he would keep quiet about it. I don't know unless somebody's going to offer him a job in one of these conferences um, or they're just doing this behind his back, and this deal has already been done. That might be what that meeting with Klyovkov was about before. Yeah. Just saying, because nothing do ever we, came out of that. Do we have a place for you? Yeah. I could I could see that. I could 100% see it. Um, I mean, it could be any number of different things. Like, right. Bowlesby's getting on up there. He could be ready to retire. Who knows? That's but, right. They could, they could hand him a walkaway fee. All three of the conferences that are going to pulch the, the Big 12 could all throw him a kicker. And yeah. if everybody threw him a couple of million dollars, uh, then, then he gets to walk away and retire and have a little bit of severance package. And um, and then they get to expand the way they want to expand and, and all this other stuff. But I I think it's going to happen. It's not if, it's when. And the date it happens is going to be after Texas and Oklahoma have paid their penalties and ESPN has paid out their contract, uh, and then it will all happen. Yes, because as it stands right now, if the Big 12 were to dissolve early, Texas and Oklahoma do not owe any of that money. That's right. Those schools are kind of left... Uh, with nothing in their pockets. That's right. Right. That's so right. right now they got yeah. an alimony check coming to them. They just got to pay a waiting game. Yeah. And that's, that's what all this is, right? The way it is the, the pack 12 expansion is one thing we've talked about the, the playoff expansion and all that. They, it's not that these schools don't want to expand. It is that they want more broadcast partners at the table. Uh, with this, you know, the pack 12 wants to strengthen Fox because that's who they do. The majority of their, Games and the Big with. Ten wants to do the same thing, by the way. Yes, and I, I don't blame any of them for wanting to do that. Now, oh, I guess no. I guess the question, this is going down a different rabbit hole now that I'm thinking about it. Um, it. The biggest question will be, 
does do these conferences find a way to get ESPN to agree to expand, but only extend it until, I guess, keep the contract the way that it is. It's just give them more money for more games. Like, do they let ESPN keep three years of this and then it goes to open market? Or do they say, like, ESPN, if you don't hop on board with this, then we're not going to let you have any part of it because we'll just Why go play they- kind of the way CBS and, and uh, ESPN went through their thing with the SEC, right? I, I would be shocked if they didn't want ESPN as any part of it at all Agreed. because it's in the branding interest of the NCAA, of college football, to to want ESPN as a partner, to have them as a partner. They have the biggest, most important college football show in the country. And and outside of, you know, the NFL, it's probably the most watched show in the country. Um and, and and so I you know I don't I don't know that for a fact but I would bet the ratings for game day is probably the biggest show every week outside of the NFL. Um, I wouldn't doubt that. I wouldn't so, doubt that. So you know I, I bet it pulls bigger numbers than most games. Um, it's uh, I do know like it's not as big as some of the cable uh, cable news outlets, but it, it's ooh, never going shocking. to be. Like oh no no okay that's fine. Yeah. But but neither here nor there. I would want them as a partner. Yes. But but ESPN if ESPN wants a hostile takeover. I do think this alliance stops that. Yeah. I think two of the three are in bed with another company, and one of the three has a contract that they're not happy with ESPN. So that hurts ESPN completely. Um, and and I believe I believe that 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 would cause some ripples. But I also don't think I, I've been open about this. I don't think it's in the best interest of the sport of any of these conferences whatsoever to have all of the playoff be under one umbrella. I just yeah. don't think that's wise. I think I would want I would want multiple entities exactly like the NFL to own pieces of the playoff. And if it's a thing where we rotate it around, I'm fine with that. I do not care. I would treat it exactly like the NFL. Exactly like it. It you know, if you get to host the the championship game, you get one less playoff game than everybody else or something of that nature. Yep. Um, you know, because you get the biggest prize of them all. And, and we just work from there. I do think it should go to 12. That gives them, what does that give them, six playoff games? Uh, no, that would be four, four, oh, no, that gives two, and yeah. one. So uh, yeah. 11 playoff games. Yeah. So you're basically splitting up 11 playoff games. You know, I have no idea if CBS has a place in that. But if CBS wants a piece of it, I'm, I'm selling it to anybody who wants it. Okay. Yeah. The one thing I would right now be leery of is selling any part of it to streaming only just because I think college football still needs to make sure it's playoff. Everybody can watch it. And I think there's a lot of old blue hairs out there that won't be able to watch it, but those are the people that are funding the sport. Yes. Okay. Yes. Those are, the, they're not funding the sport. They're funding the universities. They ain't nobody our age or under paying donations to universities. All right. Not not these big time donations. So so all of your boosters are are, are mid to late 50s, 60, 70, 80 year old people who aren't going to like the streaming option. If Amazon picked it up and said, you know, a, a national championship game or just a playoff game between two teams, but it's only streamed on Amazon, I, I think that would get bad numbers and I don't think that would go over well. But outside of streaming only, now if Amazon wants to partner with NBC and say we would like a streaming option, and we, you know, we're, we, you know, whatever, I don't know why NBC would do that because they have their own streaming option. Um, but you know, something of that nature, then 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 that might be different. But 
but I, I would, I would open this thing up to all four of the major networks. I would make them bid on it just like the NFL. And I think you're going to find yourself every, every, the playoffs are going to be worth more than they've ever been worth ever. Yes. I, I agree. I agree. And you know, along with that, this whole expansion thing for the PAC 12, obviously the big 10 and the ACC have not yet spoken about it, but I could imagine that they will be doing the same thing because this is smart from a business sense to not get involved with somebody that is not available yet. Sure. Like, there can still be conversations happening behind the scenes. Oh, you can scenes. make deals. I, I, and I, think I believe about this. those, I think those deals Texas, are already made. Yeah, Oklahoma I, and Texas talked to the SEC for months before anybody knew about it. That's right. I think, And, that, and I think the SEC-Oklahoma-Texas deal was made six months ago, nine yeah. months ago. I, I think it was a done deal. I think they had an agreement in place. I think that that Oklahoma State already has their agreement in place. I think that the Kansas whatever Iowa State deal is done. Like I think what Dave Wanstat said, I think those deals are probably done. I yes. really do. Yeah. I, I, I don't agree. think there's any negotiation. I don't think that there's any I think we already have agreements and I think everybody understands what's important about the agreement. Don't say anything from now on out. If you're asked about it, say no, that you're as strong as you can and try to make the Big 12 as valuable as possible because when you join our relationship, you actually bring something to the table, okay? So we don't want to hurt any of these brands because we're about to be in a relationship with these brands. So it's not in our best interest to shit on them. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they they tried to build them up so much during the press conference. Why? I mean, the only if, purpose if you're of building, building up, up somebody who's not a part of your alliance is because they're about to be a part of your your partnership. Yes. yes. Just not an alliance. Exactly, because the conference won't exist. Like that's there's right. no sense of bringing in the Big 12 as a as a partner if in you're the alliance. Destroy, if you're going to destroy the Big 12. That's right. Exactly. Exactly. So, uh after that, we're going to dive off of that topic because my god, we've had so much alliance talk and everything else here lately. I'm ready to discuss something else. Brian Kelly may have slipped up and announced who the next Notre Dame head coach is going to be. He was doing an interview with NBC Sports for their Race in America, a candid conversation uh, series. And he said this about Marcus Freeman, his current defense coordinator who came over from Cincinnati. My defensive coordinator is black, and he's going to be the next head coach, Kelly said while on a panel with Steph Curry Dill Curry, Vince Carter, Jimmy Rollins, Justin Tuck, CC Sabathia, and Kyle Rudolph. This is not about color or race. This is about the things that he just talked about. Steph talked about the important things to be a CEO and understanding how to make people around you better. Now, Marcus Freeman has come into Notre Dame and significantly upgraded their recruiting efforts. I'm ta- They are currently, I think, number two in the country for next season. And Notre yeah. Dame has not had success like that on the recruiting no. trail. In, now, again, it's early. Early. We I was going to say, we, we don't think they'll finish number two, right? Yeah, I don't believe so. But it's not out of the realm of possibility. They are in for some pretty sure. big guys. So sure. he has he's upgraded what they've been doing there. And while we have not seen him coach a game there, the, the reviews out of camp are through the roof. Everybody Look, loves gr- him. He Wait. was the prize of all of the DCs coming out this year. He just was. He was. And and you he and I were trying. We tried to figure out that right because he had the option of picking LSU or well, Notre Dame. And well, now I think he told LSU. I took. I think he took Notre Dame. And I told you this. I'm an LSU guy. I'm an LSU fan. You got Ed on the wall back here. Okay. Like, I think Notre Dame's a better job. It's just a better job. 
especially for a guy that you know Midwest based, especially you know. I don't, I don't from care Cincinnati. about any of that. I don't care about any of that. He could have been based out of California. He could have been based out of Florida. He could have been based out of Mexico. It doesn't matter. You think Notre, Notre Dame, Dame is a better job? Interesting. It's a better job outside of the SEC. A hundred percent of the people would agree with that. Okay, inside the SEC, I think fifty percent of the people agree with that. All okay. right. Okay. I think there's a few likely. select people that think LSU is a better job than Notre Dame. I, and I think those people, that's fine to have that opinion. They're wrong. Notre Dame is, has a much bigger platform, a much bigger fan base, a, a much bigger voice overall. They're independent. They have their own contract. They don't play little brother to anybody ever. No, that's 100% a better job. That makes sense. End of story. And so on top of that, also situationally, Brian Kelly is getting older. I, I don't know if if Ed Orgeron wins this season. I don't think he's going anywhere for a while. I, I don't oh, no, think that we've got that. No. So if that is the case, if Brian Kelly is getting on up there, uh, and he, he you know eventually wants to step down, if that's something that he sold Marcus Freeman on, I could I could see it. Now you and I believe that Marcus Freeman was going to be a head coach at some point at some level anyway, but. Him coming out and saying this, now, of course, it's unclear whether or not he was talking about just a, a college foot, like he'll be the next big coordinator that gets a head coaching job, or does he mean that he will be Notre Dame's next head coach? Who knows at this point? Like what he said, uh, he's going to be the next head coach. You can take a lot from that. But I do think it's interesting the way that he said it. So, I mean, who knows? I'm, I'm Gary, curious. Brian Kelly is 59 years old. That's, he's been there forever. Gary, he's 59? He's, he's 59 years old. When you said that, I was like, I don't think he's that old. I thought he was in his 60s. No, no. He's right, not I would have never said that if I didn't. <laughs> I know that. Okay. I know. That's why That's why I brought it up. I do appreciate that. Uh, is, uh, he's, not, he's, not, he's not that old. He's not going anywhere. I don't think this is a Notre Dame situation. Okay. I, I think, or unless Brian Kelly has you know ambitions of going to the NFL. Or, There's not a better job. In college football, the Notre Dame. I just believe that. Now, it's really hard to win a national championship there. If if Dabo Sweeney got hit by a bus, do we think he could take that job? If Nick Saban decided to retire, do we think he'd take that job? Those two jobs, Ohio State maybe. Like that's, that's probably the list of the jobs that are better than Notre Dame in the country. And even then, I still don't know that those are better jobs. You can win championships much easier at those jobs than you can at, at Notre Dame. Uh, you, you, don't, you don't have to have players that can read. And in Notre Dame, you do. Um, I, I this just is his eleventh season. Is that right? No, twelfth, uh, twenty ten through now. Yeah, 10 or, yeah, something like that. So okay, twelve years at Notre Dame. Um, well, but look at look at it this way. I mean, you you see how much stress uh, he puts on himself during football seasons. I think there's a chance that maybe he he retires. Does early. anybody does anybody ever say this shit about Nick Saban? Uh, no, I guess not. I guess okay. I, well, I'm just. Right. I'm, you might say I'm shit curious. about Mac Brown. What? You're acting like I'm personally attacking you, and I'm no, not. I don't. I I'm don't understand curious. why. I don't understand why certain people you make arguments for, but you're not consistent across the board. Why can some guys do this job until they're 80, and the other guys, as soon as they turn 60, they're out the door? Oh no, him. I'm not saying he's out the door. I also just watched Chris Peterson retire at 55, and I watched okay. uh, Bob Stoops retire at 55. Okay, so that's why those I'm are, questioning. Is those it are possible? anomalies. But those are those are are how many people in the ethos of college football have we seen walk out on their own terms at that age? I think the list is three. It's those two guys and Lion Urban Meyer. Yeah, and Urban only I mean, does it, it when he thinks he's about to get in trouble or his teams are about to go downhill. <laughs> yeah. That's it. 
and and Urban is of course back coaching. So that's right. You know. That's right. So so that's that's the list. Is is the list is two people out of the ethos of all of the coaches. Now, how many coaches coach till they're eighty that were allowed to coach until they're eighty? Because I think that list is substantially longer than than two. Yeah, probably probably so. I mean that that does make sense. Uh, Urban Meyer, by the way, fifty seven years old. So yes. two years younger than Brian Kelly. Um, who knows? Lots of, lots like, of health problems, though. Lots of health problems. <laughs> of course, he's still got them. Still dealing with them. Maybe maybe it's better down in Florida. I don't I don't see Brian Kelly going anywhere. I think this is him saying this guy is in a few years. Everybody he's going to be at the top of everybody's list to be a head coach. And I believe that, by the way. And whenever Brian Kelly decides to walk away from Notre Dame, I think I think this is going to be somebody that unless he takes a job and really hurts his his reputation. I think he's going to be at the top of Notre Dame's list. Marcus Freeman is 35 years old, by the oh, way. Oh, no, he's yeah. he's he's crazy young. And I I wanted him at LSU. You know that. That was my – that was my – that is the only – I had a one-name list for defensive coordinator. I, I wanted to I wanted to take the guy we had, and I wanted to throw him off that big-ass bridge, and I wanted to go get Freeman. Yes, That's it. did. That's it. And I, and I just wanted him to walk in the door and say, how much money do you want? I got a blank check. We just paid this guy twenty something million dollars to leave as a as a coordinator. What do you want? Yeah, yeah, I can uh, I can definitely see that. Uh, it didn't work, but I, I'm gonna tell you, if <laughs> I was him and I was offered both these jobs and I didn't have any fandom or love involved, Notre Dame's a better job. Just it just is. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. I could see that. Uh, if Ryan Day ever ends up going to the NFL, this could be a leading candidate for that. Uh, of course, yeah. he went to school at Ohio State. Drafted in the fifth round in 2009. Now, at now I will tell you this. If you're noted, if you're Iowa State, you see what Luke Fickle has become. I know Luke Fickle did a little interim thing at Iowa, Ohio State. It's at Iowa State. Yeah. Um, um, right now, one guy's already in the state of Ohio, and he's a head coach, and he's turned a kind of a nothing school that Tommy Tupperville ran to the ground into a national legitimate power. I use the word power loosely. Very big power in their conference and at their yes. level and can compete with the big boys. Now you got two former Ohio State guys that are both in the Midwest and both have a hell of a resume. That are fighting for... Uh, They're both defensive guys. Yes. Which yes. Ohio State hasn't had... I have no idea when the last time they had a defensive head coach. I, well, I mean, Trestle, like... Was Trestle way, a defensive guy? Well, the way that he coached was was very much... Well, that. no, that was the style of football, but he wasn't like a defensive coordinator that got that job, right? No, no, you're right. Um, I don't think he was a defensive guy. I just think football was played at a defensive level back then. No, I, think, I thought Trestle was an OC. I, well, I mean, he was a head coach at, uh, at Youngstown. Yes. No, yes, not Youngstown. I, uh, yeah, I Youngstown State. Yeah, it's Youngstown. Um, I think his background was offense, but I yeah, it was, I could be it was. and it doesn't matter. By the way, I'm, I'm looking at a quarterback. Uh, right, uh, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> he was Ohio State's quarterback, running back, and wide receivers coach. Yeah, so uh, he's an offensive guy. Yeah, I don't 80s. know when the last time. I mean, I mean, before hmm. Trestle, uh, who who was it before Trestle? Was it was it Woody? I don't know the answer to that. I don't Let's think see. Woody coached that late, did he? I don't think so. Now but we're getting into the weeds of something that. Is not important and does not matter. You're you're going on twenty years of not hiring a defensive guy. No, no. Woody was seventy eight. Who in the world was Ohio State? Yeah, I was coach? about to say. I think there was a couple of people before him and Woody. And but all of them were oh uh, uh, Earl Bruce and then John Cooper. It was Cooper. I don't. God, I don't that's know either of those guys' name. Don't know who they are. Don't know where they came from. Don't know anything. Earl Bruce matter. is uh, is uh, Urban Meyer's mentor. It's so. it's it's been over twenty years and they've never hired. They haven't hired a defensive guy. 
So yeah, but, but I do think those will be one and two on their list. I, I might yeah. be wrong about that. I I don't think you are. I don't think you are. I actually I have no idea why Ryan Day would walk away. By the way, like that even even for the NFL today, I mean if a if a really stable job came open, like somebody at a good place retired, that would be one thing. But like Andy Reid's not retired anytime soon. Sean Payton's not. Bill Belichick's not. Like those are the only older coaches that would retire and leave a really good job open. Yeah, no, you're right about that. All the other jobs are going to be unstable as hell, and I wouldn't leave Ohio State for the NFL for those. And this is a guy, I love the NFL, all right? (laughs) I'm the defender here, but what coaches make in college and what they make in the pros ain't a whole lot different, man. No, no. And there's there's no off time in in college. In either either sport. But in either sport, really. I mean, I don't know that there's a whole lot of But right now, when you're at an institution like Ohio State, you're not recruiting like like yeah. Nick Saban doesn't spend weeks and months recruiting like like though they come to him Ryan Day they come to him yes uh, John John Cooper was the last defensive guy so he, when was, he was that in the 80s uh he was 88 through 2000 so, holy shit yeah before Trestle There's, and then that was a long time yeah he goes for 12 years yeah I think I think that's I think it's technically 13 seasons uh but yeah like okay it's whatever yeah. Uh, so he was he was the defensive coordinator before he was uh, Tulsa's right. head coach, Arizona State's head coach, and then Ohio State's head coach. Yeah, so. We just went into the weeds of Ohio State's coaching history. For, <laughs> While we're talking about Notre Dame. For nothing. That's, that's the for way nothing. it goes. Do you really think Brian Kelly might open this job in the like, next couple of years, regardless of who gets it? I just it's, – it's why I'm asking the question, right? I'm just curious, you know, what is his mindset? Like, does he want to – you don't see a lot of guys stick around at a school – no. Or longer well, than what he's been there. I will tell you this. It's easier to stay at a college for this long than it is at the pros because the kids constantly change over. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So in the NFL, it's rare to see somebody coach for 10 years at the same place. Well, it's, and in college, when you've got a relationship with it because the GM ain't changing, like no. all that, it's the AD and the president. That's your bosses. That's right. So if you've got a good relationship well, with them. And, and, and I'll tell you this, that ain't your bosses. When you're at that level – you can get those guys fired before they can get you fired. As long as you're not breaking rules or breaking laws, you can get those guys fired much easier than they get you fired. Yes. Yes. That's I the agree. truth. That's the truth. You don't, you don't have like, technically you have people that sign your paychecks, but you don't have bosses. You're the most powerful people on the university. You can get anything you want done. You you are the godfather of the mob boss at, at college universities. And you don't have to worry about your, song and dance your shtick ever getting old because by the time it gets old those fifth year seniors are gone and you got a whole new group of people to tell all your jokes to and to get all your one-liners to and to get all your coach speak out of when you get in the nfl and somebody's been on the roster for six years that shit ain't gonna fly jokes are not funny anymore all your old old man dad jokes ain't working that's right it ain't working well it's not just the jokes all your motivational tactics, all your, if you're winning, then people care and they'll listen. If you're not, they no longer trust you as their coach and it's over. And that's, that's the difference between the pros and the NFL in college. Yes. Yes. You're correct. You are correct. All right. We'll move off of Notre Dame. Your LSU Tigers are headed to Las Vegas to face off against the USC Trojans to open up the 2024 season in Allegiant stadium. Now, 
this comes one day after the alliance announcement between the Pac-12, the Big Ten, and the ACC. So <laughs> we did. Hang on. We did a show. We did a show after that alliance thing, and I told you, as soon as one of these teams have an opportunity to play, one of these big boy teams have an opportunity to play an SEC team. Do you think they'll pick an SEC team, or do you think they'll pick one another? And you agreed with me. They will pick the SEC team every time because we bring more eyeballs to the table than anyone else. Yes. And sure as shit, not three hours later, LSU has been chosen by USC to play in Vegas. Well, now, why didn't they pick Ohio State? Now, why, why didn't they pick Michigan? Why didn't they pick Penn State? Why didn't they pick Wisconsin? Why didn't they pick Clemson? Why didn't they pick somebody here's, else? Here's the thing. Um, I think um, I think that we needed to have like let me let me wrap my brain together if if that alliance was smart they would have put together some kind of a matchup to announce at some point yep. like very yep. soon afterwards yeah literally not let USC Ohio State would have been the matchup to announce your, your biggest brand our biggest brand are going to play in Vegas yes and 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 Ohio State has 10 times the following that LSU has. They're a substantially bigger school. I bet they get better ratings than LSU. But you still want that footprint in Baton Rouge. You still want those SEC eyeballs. Yes. Because Ohio State will watch, but most of the Big Ten hates Ohio State. And so outside of Ohio State fans, I bet a lot of other people aren't going to watch. In the SEC, we watch all our shit. As much as we hate other schools, we still all tune in for all the SEC games. This is why when they say it just means more, it, we're not saying the university cares more. We're saying the millions of people that follow each one of these universities care. I will hate watch Alabama every second when they play a real team. Okay, I will hate watch Auburn. I will hate watch Ole Miss. I will watch all of these schools that I don't like every week. As long as it's not on at the same time as LSU, I will watch all of them over other games. Unless they're playing Bethune-Cookman and whoever else. Well, yeah, I, won't, like, I don't watch right. the high school shit. You know right. that. I don't care. If you're getting a pay-for-win, you're not getting my – I don't watch LSU's high school. I pay for wins. I just don't do it. I'm not going to give you – I'm not rewarding them with my viewership. That's just it. Like the the upcoming Monday night game between Ole Miss and Louisville? We will I'm going to watch the that. shit out of that. Every right. And every SEC fan in the country will watch. Mississippi State fans will watch in all the hopes that Ole Miss loses. Yes. And, and if it's a tight game, they'll keep watching. If Ole Miss is up by three scores, every Mississippi State fan is turning it off. If this was Louisville against Purdue, and probably no, not so very, much. Very few SEC fans are watching. Yes. They're taking the kid to swim that day. Yes. Like that's just it. That's it. That is it. All right. Moving off of that one. The Pats. I, we got to talk about the Patriots before we yep. move into our AFC South preview. Made a couple of trades the last two days. Sony Michelle is being traded to the Rams. Now, I, I want you to explain this one to me, but also uh, Sean Wade is being traded to the Pats from the Ravens. Now, give me give me the breakdown on the Sony Michelle trade. Try and make this make sense to me. The, the NFL had them rewrite the trade. Uh, yep. it, make, make it make sense. All right. So from what I've gotten from the from the Pats people that I listen to, and I, and I trust these guys, and Peter Schrager is an NFL guy, and he covers this stuff, and he knows the ins and outs of these things. This is going to be a, a fourth-round pick for Sony Michelle. Okay? 
That's what it is. The Rams don't have a fourth round pick right now. The Rams have basically sold all of the draft pick for the last like five years. They don't care. Um, they, they, they're never going to go into the draft with picks. They, they're building for right now, and that's it. Um, they don't own a fourth round pick. So they've made, I think it's a sixth round pick or a seventh round pick or whatever. Basically, at the end of the season, when the Rams lose a free agent, they're going to get a comp pick. That pick is going to be in the fourth round. That fourth round pick is going to go to the Patriots. That's what this trade is. From what I have heard, I think that's a pretty fair deal. There were some people that were curious, was Sony going to make the roster for the Patriots this offseason? Yeah, I could I could see that. I now, mean, that goes to Bill Belichick's drafting in the first round. <laughs> so, um, haven't had a first-round pick payout in a long time. Long, I'm talking long time. This is true. This but is true. we're getting something for him. That's fine. And uh, they're getting a much-needed running back. I mean, they're dying. And the Pats, they, they, they could have given him away for the six-round pick, and it'd been fine because they got five running backs on the roster and that they're completely happy with. Yes, they are loaded at that position. So this this does, in fact, make sense. The Rams, of course, already had Cam Akers. He's out for the season. And yep, Daryl Henderson has has left. For, like He's got some kind of medical injury that, that he's dealing with. But he um, also has always had a medical injury since he's been in the NFL. They have no clue how good Daryl Henderson can be. And so you can't go into the season with him as your only option. Right, right. And the, the reason that they're actually making the trade right now is because Henderson is not available right now. It's not available. That's, right. That's the way it goes. So, uh, you know, you go and you you find this guy. You find Sony Michelle. Uh, as far as some of the advanced stats go, like he was, he was great last season. As far as some of the advanced stuff, when he was so, healthy, yeah, when he when was, he was healthy. healthy. But and that's another issue for the Rams, uh, right? Like he's he's got an issue with staying on the field as well. His rookie year, he was really good, and any his rookie year, he. Beat the Rams in a Super Bowl. They got to see him up close and personal. Yeah. Um, you know, so it, I think he'll do really well in that system. I really do. If he can so stay well. healthy, I think he's substantially better than Daryl Henderson. I, I just believe that. I think he's that much better running back. I think a fourth round pick or even a fifth or sixth round pick is a steal for them. Um, but but all intents and purposes, I'm pretty sure this is gonna be a fourth round pick when we're all said and done. We'll see how that works out. Now the other side, completely different trade. This is a weird-ass trade, man. Yeah, the, the Ravens are trading Sean Wade, uh, fifth-round pick this season, to the Patriots. Um, and he is, he's been fantastic in the preseason, but the, the Ravens are going to receive a 2022 seventh-round pick and a 2023 fifth-round pick from New England. Uh, Wade is the, let's see, through two preseason games, Wade had the second-highest grade versus single coverage among rookie defensive backs, according to Pro Football Reference. When he's playing in position, he's really good. No, he yeah. wasn't great at Ohio State last year, but he was he was playing cover corner, and that's not what he is. They they had a they had a moron defensive coordinator that just didn't know well, how to use him. It wasn't it wasn't that it was Kerry Coombs, and I trust him. The issue was their depth at that position, right? They needed Sean Wade on the field, and the guys that they had were awful. And Wade was was but, better than but what Wade they had. Was, but Wade was see, I don't know. Wade was awful too. So and yeah, he was. Yeah. He was, but you I, kill I think, you kill a guy's draft. You kill a guy's draft quality by asking him to do something he's not supposed to do or not able to do, and he and, will never uh, run you're, into you're, that you're, issue with New England. By the way, they'll never oh, ask no, him to do something no. he can't do. Bill, what is Bill great at? Bill says, "I don't care all the things you're bad at. If you're really good at one thing, even if it's a little thing, 
I'm going to do that. I'm going to use you for that little thing. He literally signed a guy that's never played football before, but only played rugby just to be on special teams because rugby guys are far more athletic than those bottom tier football guys. Yes. And he was like, if I can get the best rugby guy in the world, he can tackle better than the worst football guy that I can sign for the same amount of money. And I'm just going to waste a roster spot on a guy only to play punt and, and kick off coverage. I'm not talking about returning the ball and like a Dar- Devin Henderson guy. I'm talking about a guy to go tackle Devin Henderson. Yes. And it and it's smart. No, he's really, really, really smart at all of this stuff. And I know that last year they lost and everyone said he was false and, and it was all smoke and mirrors and it was all Tom. Listen, in the in the NFL, it ain't all anybody one person. It's just not. You 100 percent right. If you think Bill is dead and gone because he was bad last year. I think you're going to get your ass knocked off this I think year. so, too. I think so, too. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. The AFC South. You ready to rock and roll? Come on. I've been waiting on this for two weeks. I know. I know. Uh, Let's dive into it. AFC South 2021 predictions and previews. We're going to start things off. (laughs) You want to do the read? You want to give the people a plug that's supposed to be getting propositioning this thing? Uh, Yes. BetUS.com. Where the game begins. Go ahead and check it out. NCAAF 2021 is your promo code. 125% deposit bonus. There is a link in the description. Make sure that you go ahead and check that out. Uh, it is a sportsbook exclusive deposit bonus, so all right. that money is going directly to betting on sports. You don't have to spend any of it at a, a online blackjack table, anything like that. It's just going to sports, baby. You can bet on football with all that money. So go ahead and dive in. These are the odds. We are rolling with them. The Houston Texans win total sits at four. To go over is plus one twenty or one fifteen. Excuse me, swapped it up on me. Uh, to go under is minus one forty five. To win the division, they are number four in that spot, plus 2,000. To win the AFC, don't make that bet. Don't make that bet. Plus 10,000. <laughs> Any amount you want to put on it. To make the playoffs, plus 650. To not make the playoffs is minus 1,200. They are not going to make the playoffs this year. I can, I can almost guarantee it. They are a projected favorite in zero games. There's not one single game on the schedule where they are favored. They have the second most difficult schedule in the league based on projected win totals. That's tough. That's tough. Five overs, two unders the last seven years. 2020, of course, was an under. They have the worst roster in the NFL. They did not make any big moves. Uh, it kind of makes you wonder if they are in a tank situation. David Culley, NFL assistant for 27 years. This is his first head coaching job. Lovey Smith, 
former Illinois head coach, former Chicago Bears head coach, is the defensive coordinator. Uh, even with a 4-12 and record, Deshaun Watson had 112.4 passer rating. That was second in the league behind Aaron Rodgers. I, I don't know how you can be that good on that bad of a team, uh, unless the roster is just as awful as, as it was. The schedule includes the NFL West, the Browns, and the Chargers. This team went 2-8 and eight in one-score games last year. I mean, it was, it was putrid. Tyrod Taylor uh, looks to be the starter for this team. I, I don't think they're going to start the rookie right off the bat, their third-round guy, uh, Davis Mills, out of Stanford. But uh, Tyrod Taylor's going to start. He is 56th out of 62 quarterbacks in EPA per play since 2018. Mm, not ideal. Not ideal. Um, they have no proven playmakers. They have an old running back room. The defense is abysmal. I, I, you don't like to go under a four, but I don't. I can't find four wins. I can't. No. I can't get them there. Nope. Me neither. When we talked about the Lions, let me tell you something. We talked about is it possible that they could go zero and seventeen? I I think the Lions would be a four point five point favorite against this Texans team in a neutral site field. Yes. If those two strapped it up and played in Vegas, I I think the Lions are not a touchdown favorite, but they're more than a field goal. Yes. Yes, I agree, hundred percent. I really, I really think that Lions team's a lot better than this team. This might be one of the worst rosters I've ever seen. I mean, I'm not kidding. It's it is as bad as we are making it out. I mean, I, I can't even, I can't. It's they're really bad at football. I think they're going to struggle to get a win, a win. And it is it is a crying shame because when you look at what this team was, I mean, they, they were up two years ago in the playoffs on on the Chiefs. In the Chiefs Super Bowl year, twenty four yeah. to nothing at Kansas City. And and that is as that much as we like to, to make fun of him, they had a real legitimate bona fide head coach, and they had maybe the second best quarterback in football. They yes. probably had at that time the best receiver in football. So a lot of things were different at that. Oh, they also had several big time, big time defensive players. A lot of things has changed in the last two and a half, three years. So let me ask you this. This is a weird question. I haven't put any thought into this until just now because it just came to my head. Let's say Deshaun Watson. Watson? I want to. (laughs) Sherlock fucking Holmes, man. Deshaun Watson decides, you know what? I want to be traded, but I'm really bored, and I want to play football. And I know this team's shit, but I'm going to finish the season out. They're 0-4. How many games do you think they can win? You put him in there. Same roster. He didn't get anybody else. Yeah. I mean, two, three. I mean, they only, I won, they say, only won four games last year. If if he if he still plays all 17, I still don't think I can get to four. I, and no. then knock on him. I think, and I've told you this, I think he's the second best quarterback in football. Yes. Yes, I, I think he's really, really good. He I also just, I just has don't had think a, he's I don't think he's magic, man. I just don't but no, and but and that would also be expecting him to come in in pristine physical condition well, yeah. uh, I'm, right I'm off assu- the bat. Like, and I'm assuming, I'm assuming he does all that. I, it, He comes in peak shape. Nothing wrong, nothing flawless, but you have this roster. They're still, with the second best player in the world that plays the most important position in the world, it's still the worst roster I might have ever seen. It's it's really bad. This, this it's really bad. That, so my question before was, is this a tank situation well I, but i don't think i don't think anybody's trying to lose any games i just no. think they're really bad at it well yes i do agree with that but i i also wonder if this is part of the reason why they hired david cully right 
like they know that they are in a bad position as far as the roster is concerned. Now, I'll tell you this. You know how much that stuff pisses me off because Steve Wilkes got treated like this in Arizona, and he's never recovered from it. Oh, of course. But I think think Steve Wilkes could make a good head coach, and he he literally got railroaded at Arizona. He was hired for one purpose, to lose. He lost because they gave him no roster whatsoever, and then they – they they fired him. They they held yeah. the record against him. And he had to go and take that Browns job, which uh, yeah. that that roster was not built uh, to succeed at that point. Oh no! That, no, and, well, the Browns were a complete shit show at that time. Yeah, no, they were a disaster. They were a laughing stock. Well, I mean, that was what was he? He was Freddie Kitchens' defensive coordinator, wasn't he? Yes. Yeah. So it's so he took that job. Oh, no, that was he, a joke. And then he was out of football for a year. And now right. it's Missouri's defensive coordinator. That was, like was back a, in college. That's the most. That's the most stable job he's had. In five years, yeah, and he's he still probably got roster issues at Missouri, but but still, yes, I just, I, I just agree. this is this is what happens if you hire a guy to take losses. Like it's almost impossible for them to recover from that. But I, I do wonder if if maybe nobody else would take the job because they didn't know what was going on with Deshaun Watson. Oh, I, and, and I don't think is, anybody else took I, the job. No, I, the Deshaun Watson stuff I don't think happened until after the job was already been filled, right? Yeah, but I, you you got to imagine. Or the job was open, not yeah, filled, but open. It was open, but I, I'm wondering I, about David Culley and, and did – so forget the Deshaun Watson stuff. Just look at how bad the roster is. It, that's right. Did, well, and Culley, it's ownership. Cully, I don't think people want to play for that owner. Yeah, Cully, 27-year assistant coach, had never really been brought up for jobs. Now, he nope. had some guys that were in his corner for sure. sure. But did you ever hear him bring like be no. brought up for another job? No. Like This seems like, the okay, this guy's an NFL lifer. Yep. He's never really had this opportunity. We'll give him his opportunity. And, he'll be, and I'll tell you this. He'll be paid handsomely for what he's doing. Yes. But if everybody who says they're tanking, yes – but in three years from now, when he's looking for a job, everybody's going to throw his resume out there, and they're going to show this awful record, and they're going to say, "Look how bad of a head coach he was." Yeah. When 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 that record is not real, that record is not true. That record does not reflect his coaching ability. I hate that stuff. You know that oh, it yeah. bothers me. It bothers me badly that we bring guys in for the sole purpose of tanking, and then we hold that record against them forever. Context matters. Yes, it always 100%. does. Context matters. I got this team going under. I, you know, I, I do records for everybody. I gave them two wins. I got no idea who. Maybe they win a home game against the Jags. Maybe they win a home game against the Colts. Maybe they win a home game against the Titans because it's a divisional game. I don't know. I, I gave them two wins because I don't like having anybody go blanked. But but I think this is the worst team in the NFL. I think so. It's been way too long so talking about well. the worst team in the NFL. Sorry, some that's on me. Hey, we're we're diehards. Like we we just love the sport. So if there's something interesting to talk about, well, I I I feel bad for the coaching situation here because I, just, I feel bad for the play. I feel bad for the entire thing because it was so. Poorly I don't feel run. bad for the players. Players always get a second chance if they're good enough. Yeah, no, it doesn't true. matter how good of a head coach you are. Yeah, but it, it, losing still sucks no matter what. Him. Like it, losing sucks no matter what. Like this oh, is a, a year of a player's life that's that's gone, right? So fact is what it is. All right, moving on. The Indianapolis Colts, their win total sits at 9. To go over is plus 110. To go under is minus 140. They are second in the division at plus 140 to uh, to win the AFC South. Um, they, to win the AFC, they are plus 1,400. To make the playoffs, same juice on both sides, minus 115. Projected favorites in 12 games. Now, I, I don't know that that's been actually updated. 
knowing what we know about you know Nelson being out and having some injury issues and all that, uh, projected strength of schedule is twelfth. That is our twelfth easiest based on win total projections. Uh, over under over under the last four seasons they went over last year went under the year before over blah 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 you get the point Frank Reich consistently puts his teams in position to win games uh, everything about this team is good except for the quarterback room and the wide receiver room which are fairly important in today's NFL in 2020 they were the only team in the NFL in the top five on offense and defense EPA gained from turnovers that's a luck stat um don't know if that can be consistent or not. I, you know, I, we, it's normally there's a regression there, but we shall see. Uh, they faced the single easiest schedule in the NFL in 2020, and this year's is not like super hard. Like it's no, like, but it's it's difficult. It's easier. Yeah. It's harder than last year. Yeah, it's definitely harder than last year, but it's it's not it it, it it's not unmanageable. We'll say that. Um, I talked about Sam Darnold's QBR on on the, uh, the Carolina Panthers thing from a clean pocket. Carson Wentz, dead last in on-target percentage, 74.9% from a clean pocket. That ain't good. That is, that's saying when you are not being pressured at all, you still can't hit your guys. Like, that's, that's not good. Um, from, you know, the front office to the coaching staff, uh, it, it makes it difficult for me to go under here because this is such a well-built team other than those positions but those positions matter, man. Like I'm, I, I've actually got them right on the nine. I'm gonna go under because I don't know what's up with the injury issues. Uh, I expected them to to beat the Seahawks in Week One, so I'm gonna go under here. Like this is not one that I'm gonna bet. I don't feel great about it, but I'm I, I've got them at eight wins. Like I don't I don't feel good about this team. Well, hang on. With a healthy Carson Wentz, you thought they would beat the Seahawks? I, I kind of did. I thought that they'd be able to come out and surprise them a little bit. Like, I don't think Carson Wentz is great, but I especially don't think he's going to be great coming off of a foot injury, especially if they try and rush him back, right? I have sang the praises of Frank Wright more than anybody on this show. Okay, I love him. I think he's an unbelievable coach. I think this football team is built exactly the way you're supposed to build a football team, the way I would build it, okay? The farther away from the ball you get, the less value I put in that because I think you can find guys there. I think they have some young receivers that I like a lot. I like Michael Pittman a whole lot. Oh God, they have got one other young guy that I love. His name just went out of my brain. And then they, um, they still got T.Y. too. I'm not worried about T.Y. T.Y.'s, T-Y's toast, baby. T.Y.'s tough. <laughs> he's probably, he's he's got experience and he's probably can make a couple of big meaningful catches. He cannot separate anymore. This is what happens. Father time catches up to you, and receivers fall off a cliff after they turn 30 and they start having injury problems. I think so little of Carson Wentz. I don't know that Frank Wright's that magical. I just are don't. You, are you talking about, uh, let's see, I'm, I'm pulling up the wide receivers right now. Uh, Zach Pascal, uh, no, Harris no. Campbell. Come on. Uh, Paris Campbell, that's it. Yeah, Paris Campbell and Michael Pittman. Those those two guys are young. Those two guys are are I think are good. I think they're good. I think they're a quarterback away from being a hell of a football team. Carson Wentz, I got this team. I got this team six and eleven. I don't think they're good. I don't think Carson Wentz is good. I don't think they're getting close to nine. I don't. I don't. This you're going to see something here. This division is last year's NFC East. Mark my words. We're going to struggle to find a team to get to ten wins. You, no trust in the uh, in the Titans here, huh? No, sir. Okay, no, all right. Sir. We'll, we'll talk you about still, that. You minute. still got to play both sides of the ball. We'll get there. That but is true. This is a team that I love. This is a team. This Colts team. If they had a if they had a quarterback, I don't need him to be a great quarterback. Okay, all right. I just need him to not be Carson Wentz. 
Carson Wentz has been horrible. Here is people. Let me let me ride through the beginning of their schedule just to okay. give everybody an idea. Sure. Start off at home against Seattle. Then you've yep. got the Rams coming in. Yep. Then you've got at Tennessee, at Miami, at Baltimore. I think they'll lose all those games. All five. I, I think there's a world where they come out of that. Not just a world. I would probably put a lot of money on them coming out of that one and four. Yeah, I could I could buy that. I, mean, I, bet, they, they I might bet be this, able to find a win. I bet they come out of that. I would bet more that they come out of that one and four than they come out of that, I don't know, three and two. Oh, yes. Or, two, yes, yes. or, or, or even I, I two and three. I don't. Oh, yeah, even two and three. I just don't see them doing that. I don't think this is a good football team. And here's the thing. I think this is a great football team. But I think quarterback is that important. I don't think Frank Wright can hide his flaws. I think he had a magical three months his sophomore year. And everybody is hanging on to those three months. Before then, his entire life. After that, his entire life. We've never seen him look close to that. Why do we think those three months is what he really is? And every other week, month, day in his life, he's never looked anything like that. Why do we think those three months is what he is? So along with that schedule, after that five-game slate, they've got Houston. Should get a win there. And then you go to San Francisco, and then you've got Tennessee on Halloween. You get the Jets and the Jags, but then you got to go to Buffalo. You play Tampa Bay. Uh, and then you've got New England on the back half of the schedule, the Raiders, you know, the Cardinals, et cetera. So it's, like I said, I didn't say they get zero wins. I got them at six. Yeah, you got them but at I, six. I, I think they're going to fight like hell in that Seattle game. I think when they have to play Arizona, I think that game's going to be a, a scrappy, tough game. Like, I, I don't think outside of when they have to play the Houston Texans and let's see what the Jags look like this year, I don't think they got a good win, an easy win in the books all year. No, I, I tend to agree. I think every win they have are going to be hard-fought, close, one-score game wins. And if the ball bounces the wrong way, they don't get any of those. So you better beat the Jags and you better beat the Texans. Yes. Oh, 100%. Well, that that brings us to the Jacksonville Jaguars. And we'll start off with the odds, of course, brought to you by BetUS, where the game begins. Link in the description. Go sign up. Promo code NCAAF2021. Six and a half is their win total. Juice the same, over and under, minus 115. Division, odds, plus 650 to win the division. That is uh, that's number three. They are plus 5,000 to win the AFC. Uh, to make the playoffs, plus 300. To not make the playoffs, is minus 400. They are projected favorites in two games. They have the fourth easiest schedule per projected win totals. So that kind of makes it a little bit interesting. They have three straight under win totals and nine unders in the last 10 years. Now, you you remember they had that one magical season, you know, yep. almost made it to the Super Bowl, all that kind of stuff, right? Blake Bortles. Uh, the last seven college to NFL head coaches improved a team's win total by an average of four wins. Uh, three of them actually made the playoffs. An average of four wins. I mean, that's that's fairly substantial, but a lot of that has to do with the fact that most of them went to really bad teams who ended up with much easier schedules. Like I said, Jags have the fourth easiest schedule per projected win totals. Uh, they finished one and six in one score games last year. Um, they uh, they finished dead last in penalty yards the last three seasons. So I guess you bring in a disciplinarian like Urban Meyer to fix that. I I guess uh, Trevor Lawrence could be Andrew Luck 2.0. We think he does not have quite the team around him that Andrew Luck did. 
Urban Meyer could turn a lot of guys off with his college rah-rah, you know, BS. Um, yep. That's I think that could be an issue. The secondary was a big issue last year. They did draft Tyson Campbell out of Georgia. They signed Shaq Griffin. Both of those appear to be working out okay. Uh, all of the positive regression is kind of already built into a six and a half win total. I I still like the under here. I, Trevor Lawrence, I think, is going to be really good. Yep. And and they do have some weapons at wide receiver. They've got some players on this team. But I don't think that they're a very good team. And I think there's going to be a lot of learning about each other on the fly with Urban and these NFL players. Uh, Urban, Urban Meyer has never coached professional football players. And I, there's no amount of training camp or anything else that can gear you up for a season. And we're already hearing rumblings about this. There's a lot of people that are already turned off about the way that he does things down there. I, I think that's going to boil over at some point. And, I mean, unless he changes, and, you know, he's 57 years old. He's been a coach for a long time. I don't know that he's going to be the one to change. Yeah. It, it, how, how long do we really give Urban Meyer? I, my, my best guess here is that they win five games. But I, you know, I, Trevor Lawrence could be otherworldly. His wide receivers could be amazing. You know, all, all the rest of this may not matter. But I think at some point it does. And I'm going to go with five wins. I'm going to go under the six and a half. Man, we see this a lot. Like I've got, I've got this team um, five and twelve, and it, I, I could see them getting to six and eleven. You could talk me into that. That's yeah. fine. I, I can't see seven wins yet. I don't think that Trevor Lawrence is magic. I think he could be really, really good. I think this wide receiving course pretty good. Yeah, Travis Etienne is already hurt. He's going to miss the season. Congratulations. Um, and I don't, I don't know what you do. You know, at some point in time, you got to play defense. At some point in time, you got to stop somebody. You got to block somebody. And and this is the NFL. It's really tough. And and you get a couple of divisional wins, but outside of the division, I think wins are going to come come scarce. Yes, uh, they went one and fifteen overall last season. So even if Urban Meyer does get them to that four win yeah. improvement, I was just that's, about to say he could, he, could, he, yeah, he could increase their wins by four, and they still have five wins. Their uh, their schedule. That, now, they get Houston to start off with. That's, right. That's cool. You got Denver, Arizona, Cincinnati, Tennessee. Like that, You you could maybe find a way to get on a run here, maybe. You could win some of those games. You're not winning all those games. No. You're just, you're just not. This team is not going to say, I'm better than Denver. I'm better than, than, than Cincinnati. Like, you could be in all those games. You Just to go ahead and chalk up all those as wins ain't happening. No, no, definitely not happening. I've, seen, I've watched this league far too many times. I mean, you, you've too got long. a you got a stretch here of Miami, Seattle, Buffalo, Indy, San Francisco, Atlanta, the Rams, Tennessee, right. and then you finally get to Houston Urban, and the Jets. Urban like, has never had a gauntlet like that of games where he has to out-coach that many people. Yes. Okay. To where his team is less talented than the team that they're playing, and the coach that he's coaching against is probably better than him also. That's the issue. That that when he was at Utah, he still played a schedule of people that were far more talented than him, but he was far superior coach than those other teams. Yeah. Okay. This ain't that case. All right. Where the talent differential is, is also these other guys you're going against are the best coaches in the world. All right. That there are no bad coaches in this league that you're going to run up against outside of the, the few teams that you're already going to be better than. Yeah. Uh, Marvin Jones, DJ Chark, LaVisca Chenault, Colin Johnson, Philip Dorsett, like, 
they got dudes. They, they got Laquan Treadwell there, although he hadn't been the same. Um, no, you know, since his injury. But yep. uh, but they, I mean, they got guys that that they can throw the ball to. They got James Robinson, Carlos Hyde, as uh, excuse me, running backs. Um, yeah, I'm. I, I just I I just don't see it. Like I'm looking at the defense. You know, they got they got some guys on defense too. Miles Jack, uh, Clavon uh, Chasen. Um, you know, Shaq but defense Griffin, is like, one of those things you can't have two or three studs. Listen, the, you, you need a the, you need a the Browns had a monster yeah. at defense and their defense was still garbage. Yes. Okay. Right, like they had, they had, in my opinion, the best defensive player in the world, and they they still had a terrible defense because one guy is pretty easy to scheme around. Two or three guys are pretty easy to scream around in the defense. Offensive lines the same way. Okay, this offensive line's not good. All right, and even if you got one good offensive line, it doesn't matter. Go look at the Houston Texans. I got Laramie Tunsil. Like I might maybe the best offensive lineman in the game right now. It's not named uh, 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 Quentin Nelson. Okay, yeah, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. They're still terrible. They're still a sieve. Yeah, yeah, you're not wrong. You are not wrong about that. All right, so we're both going under on the Jags, correct? I think giving them five wins a hell of a, I think increasing your win total by four is a hell of a year. Yes, I think so as well. I think so as well. Uh, you think any chance that they end up trading uh, Gardner Minshew to try and try and shore up any of these other positions? No. I, I, would, I would trade him if I was them just because having a viable backup doesn't matter to you. Like, if Trevor goes down, the best thing that you could do is keep losing. Yeah. Right? Yes. yes. Like, like the only reason you would want a strong backup is if you're a team like the Chiefs or something like that. Like, you're a team that needs to know that you're not one player away from winning or losing the Super Bowl. You need to know that if your starter goes down, you can continue to compete because you're trying to win right now. Yes. Okay? It, the, the Jags aren't that. So, having a second-string quarterback doesn't bring you any value at all yeah i tend to agree i tend to agree so yes i would yes i would trade him if i was them the tennessee titans will wrap it up for us and their win total sits at nine as well same as the indianapolis colts uh, to go over is minus 165 so that's the difference right juiced to the over uh to go under plus 135 to win the division they are minus 125 that's number one. Of course, they are the favorite. To win the AFC, they are plus 1,400. That's the same as the Colts. To make the playoffs, minus 165. Uh, same as going over here. And uh, no would be plus 135. They are projected favorites in eight games, which is different than the Colts here. Um, their projected strength of schedule is 14th easiest. Of course, the Colts was the 12th easiest, uh, and that's based on projected win totals. Five straight win total overs. They brought in uh, Jim Schwartz as a defensive analyst. Of course, Schwartz was the defensive coordinator when they actually made their Super Bowl run back under Jeff Fisher. Uh, I don't know what this does for them now, but we shall see. Uh, the Titans have allowed more yards than gained in all three seasons under Mike Vrabel. Pretty remarkable, really. Uh, seven and two record in one score games last year. There's got to be some kind of regression there, you would assume. Uh, Tannehill's 105.3 passer rating was number three behind Aaron Rodgers and Deshaun Watson last year. The offense has the number four EPA in the league since 2019. I found that surprising. Um, That's amazing. Yes. Julio Jones replaces Corey Davis in that wide receiving core. That upgrade helps out A.J. Brown quite a bit. Uh, can Bud Dupree help out that pass rush? Because that was their issue. Jadavion yeah. Clowney could not get to the quarterback, and it wasn't just him. It was the whole defense. They could, could not get to the quarterback for whatever reason. Uh, he was PFF's number 82-graded pass rusher. Yeah. 
Uh, so I don't know if Bud Dupree will be able to help out in that situation or not. I mean, who knows? They lost Arthur Smith, their offensive coordinator. Uh, will Todd Downing come in and continue their their play-action-heavy passing offense? I would assume so because he's been there forever. He learned under Arthur Smith. You would think he would know. I, I do like this team. I am going to go over. I've got this team winning 10 games. I do think defense is going to remain a problem because I don't think Jim Schwartz coming in fixes anything. I don't think Bud Dupree coming in fixes anything either. I I like this team. I think they're going to win the division. I, I do have them going over, but it's more based on the fact that they get six games against the Colts and the Jags and the Texans. So what was the total again? Uh, nine. I mean, I mean, I'm sorry, not the total. I knew the total. What was the price again? Uh, to go under is plus 135. To go over is minus 165. So I have this team at nine and eight. Okay. If you told me to go under, is that big of a difference? I'd probably take the under just because of price. It wouldn't be for a lot. This is a complete stay away um, because I have them at, at that number. Uh, if you told me the price was even the exact same, it doesn't matter. I would think that maybe they could win a game. I do think they're better than all the rest of the teams in this division. I still think this is a very flawed football team. Okay. Oh, yeah. I, I And also tell me this. I think this offense, I know everybody thinks Julio Jones is going to be amazing. Julio Jones is going to transform this offense. Hang on now. Hang on. The guy that made this offense what it was is now in Atlanta, where, where Julio used to be. Okay. That's Arthur Smith. And I put a lot of stock in Arthur. All right. I don't know who the hell this new bloke is. Okay. Running the football and, and doing things. Also, Henry is a monster. But what we know in the NFL is, is when you put the workload that he has taken over the last three years on a running back at some point in time, the bigger they are, the harder they fall. He's going to hit a cliff, and when he does, this team is going to the tank because that's where this offense runs through. Okay, Tannehill is what he is because of Derrick Henry. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. I love A.J. Brown. I think he is an amazing receiver. I think Julio Jones is a great player when he's available. Julio Jones had four games, I think, last year that were worth a damn. That's it. He only played nine games. Do we think he's going to be healthier the older he gets? I, I just don't know enough about this offense and I do know enough about this defense that I don't think they're that much better. I think they have been drafting well, but in defensive world, drafting well means two years from now you're going to be really good. Rarely do rookies come in at the cornerback secondary position and immediately make monster effects. It's usually their third year where they just take over the league. All right? So I, I think this team is still going to struggle to win games I think they've got a really easy division, but at the same time, I understand divisional football. I think to think that they're just going to get six wins thrown to them because the rest of this division sucks is not going to happen. The Colts have had this team's number more, more than any team. I have seen I have seen bad Colts football teams come in and play really good Titans teams. And they beat the shit out of them. All right, yeah. like it ain't close. Okay. I so. I'm I'm curious what this Colts team will look like against them. Uh, they they always it, I think it may be a mental thing. And the Texans have it's, always it's going to be the well. best game the Colts are going to play all year. When when Tennessee goes to Indianapolis, that will be the best game you will watch the Colts play all year. I don't know why. 
I can't explain it. I just know that every year in this division, they give them hell. When they're really good, they beat the hell out of them. When they're bad, they beat the hell out of them. And I don't, I can't explain it. Yes. Uh, by the way, Tannehill uh, is being placed on the COVID-19 list for the yeah. Titans as of, uh, yeah, well, I guess when at Thursday, yeah. but he'll be, he'll be fine by time game time. He's he wasn't going to play in the third preseason game. Probably much anyway, that, that yeah. doesn't 10 Hills, the quarterback 10 Hills, not at threat to lose his job. 10 Hills still a very good. All of the things that I said, I do not think are knocks on this team. I think they are warning signs. Now, if Derrick Henry continues to run this season, the way he has the last three years, I think they'll, excuse me. I think they'll go over the nine, but I don't, I don't think it's good. This team ain't winning 12 games. Okay. Like not, I think they'll, this good. I think they'll win ten games, maybe, but that just means they're going to kick the shit out of the rest of the division, probably. Yeah, that's and that's the biggest thing that got me there, right? You got six games there. If you go like five and one, well, then I, I got to get, I got to get five more, and I think that I can get five more. Uh, the I, Jets say, I, the schedule. I don't, like, I don't see five more, but that's because I'm assuming some of those good Julio Jones games you're going to get are going to come in this division against not a good secondary in sight. There's not a good secondary in Jacksonville, not a good secondary in Indianapolis, and there's not a good secondary in Houston. That's where Julio's going to get his good games from and games that you should already win anyway. Yeah, I need Julio to have a good game against the Bills, all right? But I don't think that's happening because I think that secondary is going to make sure that don't happen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we, we've got... Arizona to start at Seattle, Indy at the Jets, at the Jags, Buffalo, Kansas City, at Indy, at the Rams, New Orleans. Uh, yeah, I mean, and on the back half of the schedule, uh, you've got Jacksonville, like you got at New England, and you got Jacksonville, and you've got at Pittsburgh, San Francisco, Miami, and then you close out at Houston. I mean, they, like, this is just tough. This is tough, yeah. but I, 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 mean, I think the this NFL. is a good enough team. Yeah, it's the NFL. I mean, that's the way this shit goes. So, so I, I think this year we're going to see that every year we have a conference, every year we have not a conference, a division that is bad. Yeah. And I don't think it's going to be the NFC East this year. I think this is going to be the worst division of football. We're going to say, are we going to have a team with a losing record, win a division, and make a playoff game? We're going to have that conversation, and I think we're going to have it here. Okay. Okay. I, can get that I might be wrong on that. That's my prediction for this division. Still got the Titans winning it. I still think they're the best team in this division. If Watson came back, still think they're the best team in this division. Yeah, you're probably right. You're probably right. All right. Is there anything else we need to hit? Nope. Let's I get out of here. I hadn't seen anything break. So let's uh, let's dive out. You guys have been fantastic. Thank you for watching the show. Uh, go to winningcureseverything.com. Everything you need to know about us, you can find over there. Where to follow us on our social accounts. Of course, if you are watching the show, you can see it all right on your screen. So make sure and follow us both on Twitter. Make sure and subscribe to the podcast. Leave a nice five-star review over at Apple Podcasts. And jump into the YouTube chat. We would love to hear from you. Jump in those comments. We want to hear your opinion on the topics as well. Share the show out. Tell your friends about it. All that good stuff. Show, of course, brought to you by BetUS.com. I host a college football show for BetUS. Chris hosts a college football show for Sportsbook Review. You can subscribe to the channel, well, both of those channels, in the links below. So go ahead and check it out. Uh, BetUS.com, where the game begins. 125% deposit bonus. NCAAF 2021 is the promo code. There is a link in the description for you to go and check it out. It automatically enters it for you. You don't even have to remember the promo code if you just click that link. Very easy to do. So go ahead and do that. With that said, we are getting out of here. So you guys have a wonderful weekend. Take care of yourself. Take care of each other. And hopefully, 
all of your tickets cash on preseason football uh, this week. Thanks for checking out Winning Cures Everything. If you want to keep up with us, hit subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. Visit the website at winningcureseverything.com or you can like us on Facebook or follow us at Winning Cures, at Gary WCE, or at Chris B. Giannini on Twitter. Share out the show, leave a nice review, and make sure to comment and tweet at us. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.